Some say that the blessing is the actual theme of scripture. Genesis 128, God's first interaction with humanity, we're told God blessed them. The first thing that happens between God and people is he blessed them and then he purposed them. He told them what he made them to do. And then, you know, they're cursed and everything about scripture is bringing the blessing back. Jesus came to bring the blessing back, what God wanted for people in the beginning. Well, you're not gonna believe it, but today on the Significant Women Podcast, I have invited my first male guest to join me. That's right, Pastor Terry Smith. And I will be talking about his brand new book and how it is in the heart of the Father to bless his dear children. I'm your host, Carol McLeod. And if you've been living under a cloud of doubt, well, today is your day to understand the truth of how and why God desires to bless you. Well, I'm with Pastor Terry Smith um, today. And Pastor Terry, I've already told you, but you are the first man I've ever had on my podcast. How does that make you feel? It makes me feel tremendously honored. I, I've been on a lot of great podcasts, but I don't know that I've ever been any more honored than being the first guy on your podcast. Thank you, Carol. Oh, thank you for joining us. You know, when I read your bio and about your new book, my spirit leapt inside of me and I thought, yes, let, let's do this. But but Pastor Terry, first, I, my friends all know, my listeners know, Carol likes to have some fun. So, um, Pastor Terry, you pastor in the New Jersey, New York City region. Is that right? That's right. So I have to tell you, my family is the biggest Buffalo Bills fans in America. How does that make you feel? <laughs> well, uh, I don't, I actually kind of have a soft spot in my heart for Buffalo. I hate to disappoint you. We you do? now, we have some New York Jets, you know, in our, congregation. Uh, they, their practice facility is very close to where we're at. And uh, so I know that I'm supposed to hate the bills, but, but I kind of, I have some great friends in Buffalo and it's a small market community. Uh -huh. And I, I actually, when they're not playing the Jets or the Giants, I actually root for them. Oh, I love you even more. <laughs> Anybody who can say that is a friend in my book. It, I love that about you. And they're, they're the real deal. My husband pastored a church in Buffalo for many years, gave it to a younger man. And on any given Sunday, there'll be 15 or 20 Bills players at our church. So, Oh, oh that's exciting. I, I've, uh, I've actually preached back in the day a good bit for a church in Buffalo. And I kind of fell in love with Buffalo. It's a hardship story. I've always tried to figure out what would it be like to live in an area that everyone's moving out of and to try to lead a congregation successfully. Right. We experience that a little bit right now in New Jersey, but I'm sure you do. I, I'm a, I, I have a soft spot in, in my heart for Buffalo. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for saying that. And then, you know, we're going to talk about your book in a minute, but I noticed that Kathy Lee was one of your endorsers. And Pastor Terry, I went to college with Kathy Lee. You've got to be kidding. Where did she go to, where'd you go to college? Well, Oral Roberts University. 
you know what? I did not know that that's where she went to college. Yeah, she did. Um, I actually accompanied her one time when she was singing at an event. I'm sure she wouldn't remember me, but you go. That's that's an incredible voice to have behind an endorsement in a book. You know, I'm I'm so grateful for it. We actually have a woman in our congregation. Her name's Allison Quillen, who is a longtime producer with the Today Show. And she produced Kathy Lee for years. And um, Allison came to cry. Allison's actually Jewish. And she became a, a believer in Jesus and our church. And uh, so she reached out to Kathy Lee, who actually read the book, which is unusual, actually, for endorsers. And yes. thankfully loved it and endorsed it. And I'm just really, really honored by it. Oh, I, I can imagine. That must have been an exciting moment when Kathy Lee said, yes, I'll endorse it. And we are we are going to talk about your book. But right now, I just want to talk about Pastor Terry, the man. Not so much about what you do, but who you are. Tell us your backstory. When did you meet Christ? Um, tell us about your family life. Well, I was raised in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, and my parents were believers, very active lay leaders in a local church there. And um, my dad was a successful businessman who had a radical call to vocational ministry when he was, um, I don't know how old he was. I was a seventh grader, I think. And he decided to leave business and all of that behind and to enter vocational ministry, which was a, a, a disruptive force in our lives for good. I actually tell the story in my book where I talk about God calling us to a great adventure, how that my parents um, really gave up a whole lot to enter into a, a life of vocational ministry. Now, I think I think there are many people in business for whom business is their calling in ministry. But that, that was my dad's story. Uh, and I actually believed in Jesus when I was, and was baptized when I was six years old. Mm-hmm. And I, it evidently worked because uh, here I am a, a, a whole lot later and I still believe and uh, I think that the baptism was efficacious. So, um, yeah. And so my dad actually began speaking uh, by traveling from church to church as an evangelist. There's not much of that that goes on anymore, but at that time, Churches all over the country would have four or five night revival meetings. And our family of four lived in a 39-foot fifth-wheel trailer. That's how I spent my teenage years and went from city to city. And we, uh, my dad preached and my sister and I wrote songs and played music and sang. And somewhere in there, I felt a call to ministry in my teenage years. And I felt a call in my teenage years to pastor to build a great church in a suburb of New York City to which I had never even been. And uh, now uh, my wife and I have been leading this church here for 31 years. That's incredible. Now, Pastor Terry, do you, do you have children? Yes, uh, we have three children, of course, all adults, uh, all in their 30s. Mm-hmm. We have a, our eldest is a daughter, Summer. Our middle is a son, Caleb. Our youngest is a son, Christian. Caleb and Christian are both married. Uh, our daughter is not yet. And um, they're great kids and all have, I think, a, 
meaningful call of God on their life and their own respective areas of destiny. And I'm really proud of them. So, Pastor Sherry, what is your one great passion in life? If you could identify your life calling in one sentence, can, can you express that to us? Hmm. Well, I don't know about one sentence, to be frank, Carol. Could I, could I possibly use a few? I'll let you. All right. Thank you. I, uh, well, you, you know, first of all, I feel called to know Jesus. Mm. Um, I truly do. At the depth of my being, my relationship with him is the most important thing in my life. I know that's an obvious answer, but I think it's important to state that before I get to the kind of life calling or what I use the term area of destiny. What is my area of destiny? And I think that that vocationally, uh, which is, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, that's kind of where men tend to go in our minds. I don't know that that's healthy of us, but we tend to talk about what we do. And uh, I, when I was 17 years old, 18 years old, I knew that I was called to build a great church along with my family in a suburb of New York City. And really, I've made my life about that. Mm -hmm. And so that would be my one great calling. I'm a pastor. Yeah, you are, I can tell. A pastor's heart. So let's talk about that for a minute, Pastor Terry. What is the best part about being a pastor? And what is the most challenging thing about being a pastor? Now, I can answer that, both those questions with one word. Okay. People. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we have grown a church from, uh, we had 54 original members, and it's grown to several thousand people over 31 years. I'm sitting here in, in my office at our West Orange campus, 12 miles from Times Square. I mean, that's how close we are into the New York City metropolitan area. Um, and it, it, it is, we're, the thing we're best known for probably is the fact that we attract a lot of leaders and we are extremely diverse. Mm -hmm. So we do not have a dominant racial group in our church. Mm -hmm. We are uh, kind of uh, very evenly uh, divided, which isn't, let's say evenly united, uh, white, black, Latino, and then lots and lots of, of Asians and just people from all over the world. And so that is, is the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced in my life. And my, my wife and my children would say the same thing, that we've done life with this diversity of people. And we truly have done life together. And it is marvelous. And then at the same time, you know, the, the most pain, the greatest difficulty I've ever experienced is, is with those same people. Um, yeah. You know, there, there's a lot of heartbreak that comes. Uh, any parent listening knows that as, as marvelous as your children are, that you've experienced heartbreak with your children. Mm -hmm. And a pastor feels that with, with their congregation, you know incredibly wonderful stories. Our congregation's so good to us. They've been so good to our children. And at the same time, there have been painful things and people you love and you think are going to be with you forever who who uh, one day you look up and they're gone uh, for some crazy reason. And so, people. People. Yep. 
that that's the true and honest answer. I know having been a pastor's wife for 40 years, I know that to be true. But I want you to take a minute and coach the body of Christ, Pastor Terry. What is the one thing you want people to know? This is how you can be a blessing to your pastor and to your church body. This is what it takes to be a vibrant, dynamic blessing to the church body that that you're a part of. Wow, you ask some difficult one thing questions, Carol. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm, I have a hard time being a one thing. Well, you uh, can answer with things if you want. Well, I, I just think I think that. What my congregation has offered to me is just their total support. They, they, uh, they believe in me mm. and um, they're kind to me. Mm. They, they're kind to my wife. They're kind to my children. And um, they, they want me to win. They want me to succeed. They love their church. And... Um, you know, knowing that now, not everybody and not all the time, but over the course of, of 31 years, we've had amazing unity and, uh, just people who love us and are kind to us. And so as simple as it is, I, I can't even begin to describe what that means to me. Yeah. Yeah. Just to be kind. Sometimes I think we're at our most powerful when we choose to be kind, Amen. Um, we cannot underestimate simple kindnesses along life's journey. So that that's a good word to all of us. But Pastor Terry, you've written a new book. Um, the title is "The Lord Bless You." What what a warm title! What a title that draws me in because I want to figure that out. I, I want to figure out, oh, Jesus, what does it mean to be blessed by you? And so that's what I want to start by asking you, Pastor Terry. What does it mean to be blessed by the Lord? I define blessing like this. And, and listen, there are, and I enumerate some marvelous definitions of blessing in, in the introduction to the book, but I I define blessing as to be in harmonious relationship with God who wants to do good in you, to you, and through you. Mm. Say it one more time. To be blessed is to be in harmonious relationship with God who wants to do good in you, to you, and through you. Wow. Yes, I'll take that. Yes, Lord. And so... The book you've written is is a 28-day journey to help people understand how to live under that blessing. Yes, and how to share it with others. Yeah, because if it's just about ourselves, it's not God's full blessing. Uh, it's It's about what God wants to do in us, to us, and through us. And so he... Blessing is, is is about me and God, and it's about me and everybody else. It, 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 it is something that has to be shared. You know, Pastor Terry, I love Christmas. I 
jokingly refer to myself as a Christmas-aholic. Love everything about this miraculous season that we've just come through. But as I was reading the Christmas story this year, Pastor Terry, it struck me that the first thing Elizabeth did for Mary was she spoke a blessing over her. She said, blessed are you among women. So let's, let's talk about that. Yes, we want the Lord to bless us. But as you've pointed out, the blessing must come through us to others. So is a verbal blessing enough or is there a way to act as a blessing? Well, I think the verbal part of blessing is really important when you study blessing. And blessing is mentioned. Some say that, that blessing is the actual theme of Scripture. Genesis 128, God's first interaction with humanity, we're told God blessed them. The first thing that happens between God and people is he blessed them and then he purposed them. He told them what he made them to do. And then, you know, they're cursed. And everything about Scripture is bringing the blessing back. Jesus came to bring the blessing back, what God wanted for people in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so blessing involves a lot of things. And part of it is, it is a verbal uh, blessing. Our words, as you know, have tremendous power. They have the power to create life or, or to bring death. But uh, Dallas Willard said that uh, blessing is not just the words that we speak, but it's the will to do good Mm -hmm. to another. And so it's not enough for us to just to, to, to say a blessing. Uh, then we have to have the will to actually act in ways to help that blessing come true in people's lives. Yeah. So that gets back to kindness that we were just talking about a little while ago, the power of human kindness this way, um, horizontally between yes. the Yes, that kindness is part of blessing one another. Would you sure. agree with that? Yeah. Absolutely. So, Pastor Terry, how do we bless people who have wronged us, who have been cruel to us or to our families? Where does that fit into the blessing of the Lord in our lives? So this book is written in, in four sections or four weeks, seven brief chapters per section or a week or seven days per section a week. And the third is called, the third section or week is called people. Mm -hmm. And it's all about how that, that we take the blessing that God's given us. And now we, we bless other people. And I, I have a chapter, in fact, uh, it might be my favorite chapter in the book where I talk about how to bless the unblessable. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how much time we have to develop the story. Um, you, you can please stop me if I go too long with this, but there's a beautiful story told by a surgeon about a young woman who uh, had something wrong in, in a nerve, had a tumor on her face. And when the, when the tumor was extracted, it damaged a nerve. And this beautiful young woman had a, a disfigured mouth. She couldn't, she couldn't move one side of her mouth and it changed her appearance tremendously. Well, after the surgery, the surgeon is standing there with this woman. She's lying on the bed, uh, looking in the mirror and seeing what her, her disfigured mouth is going to look like. And um, her husband is standing there and he says, I think it's cute. And then he bends down and he disfigures his own mouth to meet hers and to give her a kiss. And 
I talk about, uh, in fact, it says that, that, that he bent low yeah. to meet his mouth to hers and give her this kiss of love. I, when I think about that, I think about the incarnation. I think about how, how God, if you please, disfigured himself to show up as a human being on this planet to kiss us, uh, to show us his love. And how that when we understand that about God, the extent, the, the, while we were still his enemies, yeah. he shows up, meets us where we are, and shows us his love regardless of our disfigured condition. When you understand that, yeah. how in the world can you not contort yourself in whatever way necessary to meet people who are, may have uh, disfigured lives who may seem unblessable, who who may seem uh, you know damaged. Mm -hmm. uh, how in the world can we not do whatever we need to do to put ourselves in a place to to show them love? Um, and in fact, Scripture has a really high standard for people who follow Jesus when it comes to what it means to bless others. I mean, I, I talk in the book about, you know, the family blessing and the blessing that we need to give our children and how to give our children the blessing. I talk about how parents, how, how spouses bless each other back and forth, how we bless our friends and brothers and sisters in Christ. But scripture doesn't let us stop there. Jesus said that we bless our enemies. Yes. And somehow or another, we have to figure out whatever it takes how to meet people where they are, even when they're in a messed up condition toward God or towards us. You know, I love the powerful truth behind what you're sharing, Pastor Terry. I think so often we've allowed difficult people to bring out the worst in us when maybe the reason they're in our lives is to bring out the Jesus in us, that that's why, because Jesus dealt with difficult people as well. Um, so why should we think we would be any different than Jesus? Yeah, and, and we are some of the difficult people Jesus has dealt with. Absolutely. I know I am one of them. I know it. Well, thank you for listening to the Significant Women podcast. We'll get back to my conversation with Pastor Terry Smith in just a minute. But I just wanted to tell you that at Carol McLeod Ministries, we are intent. We are focused on fanning the flame of faith in the lives and hearts of people really all across the world. We will not pause. We will not be quiet and we will not stop on our mission to make hell smaller and heaven bigger. With my last breath, I will be encouraging the people under my watch that you can have joy when you have Jesus. Has your faith been strengthened by listening to this podcast? If so, could I ask you to pray about how you might support Carol McLeod Ministries? There's really a variety of ways of how you could support this ministry. It might be as simple as recommending this podcast to a friend, buying one of our books as a gift, reading a blog, um, or contacting us to schedule an in-person event with your church or your loved ones. And finally, I hope that you will join the Carol McLeod Ministries family as a monthly donor for the year of 2023. We can't do it without you. You can connect with us online or on the Carol McLeod Ministries mobile app. And you know what? You can email me personally at carol 
at carolmccloudministries.com. And now let's get back to my conversation with Pastor Terry Smith. So Pastor Terry, a life of blessing. It's a life that we all want. It's a life we all ache for. How can we make it happen? Is it a one, two, three, four? Is it habits? Is it prayer? Tell us what it is. That's a great question, Carol. Um, I don't think it's one, two, three, four. I don't believe it's formulaic. I, I, although I, I think there's a starting place. And I think the starting place, as really with everything else with God, is faith. Mm-hmm. I think it, we have to start by believing that God wants to bless us. And when, when you immerse yourself in the scripture about blessing, it becomes incredibly apparent that God, if he woke up every morning, which he doesn't because he doesn't go to sleep, but if he woke up every morning, he would wake up and the first thing on his mind would be how much he wants to bless you. Mm-hmm. When we when we live believing that, mm-hmm. believing that the heart of God towards us is that he wants to do good in us, to us, and through us, that's the starting point for a life of blessing. We have to start with faith and, you know, then we, we must align ourselves with God in a way where we are blessable. In other words, as much as he wants to bless us, we can live in ways that, uh, that thwart his desire to bless us. Um, but I think that if we live with faith in him, if we live honestly and sincerely before him, if we are repentant, if we confess our sins, if we acknowledge our true humanity before him and others, I think that we can't help but be blessed people. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, Pastor Terry, one of my all-time favorite movies is Chariots of Fire about the Olympian and missionary Eric Liddell. And one of the things he says in that movie is, I feel God's pleasure when I run. And there have been moments in my life when I have felt the pleasure of God when I write. Um, Do you think that there's a connection between our calling and the blessing of God in our lives? Yeah, and that's that's a beautiful beautiful scene, isn't it? And, and, and a beautiful truth, um, that when we do what we believe God has made us to do, that we feel God's pleasure. And that, that has a, that has a, a root in the genesis of the human story, as I'm, as I'm sure you're very aware of. So Genesis chapter 128, when in God's very first interaction with human beings, we're told God blessed them. Yes. The very next thing that happens I mean, the next sentence, the next breath is he purposed them. He said, this is what I made you for. And he details to them his purpose for them. You know, I, you're created in my, you know, to paraphrase it, you're created in my image and I want you to take who I am through who you are and spread it to the world. I want you to take what you have here in Eden and I want you to spread it to the rest of this planet. I want you to partner with me in what I want to do in this world. You know, God could have finished things, but he didn't. He made us to partner with him, to finish it with him. This is, we're in relationship with God, not just to feel good. We're in relationship with God also to do good. Yeah. And so we, when we live out, 
blessing is inextricably connected to purpose. We cannot live fully blessed lives if we're not living out our purpose. What did God make us to do? We feel his pleasure when we do that. So, Pastor Sherry, what would you say to the person who says, but I've been divorced, my kids don't serve the Lord, my finances are a mess, like am I too far gone for God's blessing? I I haven't ever really connected with my purpose. What would you tell them today? God wants to bless you. Mm. If, If we were waiting for God's blessing, uh, until we had everything just right in our lives, then God wouldn't be a God of grace. Mm. Um, thankfully, he, he's decided since the very beginning to bless broken, fallen human beings. And, um, you know, from, from the very beginning, he decided that he was going to figure out a way to redeem messed up humanity and bring us back into what he planned for us. And um, so this whole blessing project is something that's aimed at people who, who need it. And um, so if someone's, you know, been divorced or if someone's struggling with one of their kids or if someone's dealing with financial difficulty or someone's uh, uh, struggling with a habit that, that is destructive, that they can't break. All the more reason, all the more reason to believe that God wants to bless them and to be honest with God about who they are and understand that he shows up and blesses people who are in need of his blessing. Yeah. Such an incredible reassurance. Thank you, Pastor Terry. You know, when I interview people, usually their publicist sends me this list of suggested questions to ask. And as you know, I don't go by the script, as you as you know by now. <laughs> I come up with my own questions. But one of the questions that your publicist recommended that I ask you, I have to ask you because it's a compelling question. And this is the question. What is the scriptural directive that continues to baffle you? I should have read these questions from my publicist. <laughs> what is the scriptural directive that, continue. that continues to baffle me? Mm. I'm sorry I don't have a quick answer to that, but I'm going to I'm going to give it a thought and answer the question. I guess um, I guess it would be to be perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect. Mm. I mean, I understand it on an intellectual level, but it comes back to this, um, you know, knowing that really, on one hand, there's this there's this call to something that's beyond me, that, that it's important that I'm striving towards, and at the same time, knowing that I'm not fully living up to that. And so I, I, I can't excuse myself in that. Uh, but at the same time, I know that this is where grace comes in. This is where forgiveness comes in. This is where spiritual growth comes in. So I'm, I'm moving towards that, that call, that mandate, yet knowing I'm not there. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that that is certainly a 
scriptural directive that baffles me. And, and me as well. And me as well. Well, you know, Pastor Terry, one of the questions I ask all of my guests, and again, you are the first gentleman I've had on my show. I'm going to ask you this question anyway. Who have been the significant women in your life? What women, maybe from scripture, maybe from history, maybe from personal relationships, have been the women who have impacted your life deeply? Well, there there are obvious uh, answers to that question. My mom is a is a great woman who ha- has influenced me powerfully and continues to. Um, she's suffering now from early stage dementia, so my heart is broken by that. My wife is a great woman. Uh, we've been married for in April; it'll be forty years, mm-hmm. and um, we've made a life together. And um, it's impossible to describe her impact or influence on me. Um, the person that comes to my mind, though, perhaps outside of those obvious answers. For some reason, I, I guess I, I saw her last night at, at a book signing. She's shown up at things like this uh, in my life for many, many years. Is a is a woman named Maria Rice Bellamy. Maria, um, Maria it happens to be an African American woman who um, became a part of our congregation in the very early days and was kind of at a broken place in her life. She had come through a difficult divorce. Um, she was. Uh, a Harvard graduate who worked on her master's degree at Oxford and ended up with a PhD from Rutgers. And during the season, and and is now a professor and author and uh, a chair of African-American studies at a a city university, uh, a New York City University college, um, the CUNY system. And, uh, but while she was working on her, on her doctorate, she served on staff uh, part-time for like six years. And uh, we became extremely close. And she especially, um, she was someone I could be honest with and around about questions I had about things I didn't understand, particularly about race and secondly, about women. And... um, you know, I'm not talking about women in terms of, of, of a, a marriage relationship. I'm talking about she did a great job helping me understand the experience of women in our culture, the experience of black people, black women in our culture. For some reason, she comes to my mind. She has been a powerful influence, and she's actually an elder in our church and has been for many, many years, and her husband's a wonderful man. So Maria comes to my mind. She's taught me so much. And I've been able to be, uh, I've been able to be, I don't have to be guarded with her Mm. about the questions I have. Uh, And and this is a difficult time to have discussions about race, especially with someone who writes books about it. And, you know, in in television, you know, it, it would be like, it would be like that, that we would be on opposite sides of the table discussing all the major issues in our society, but somehow, by God's grace, uh, we found unity in Jesus. The only place there is unity, and as our world tries to find unity in other places, it ain't going to happen without Jesus. Without Amen. Jesus. So in closing, Pastor Terry, do you have a lifetime scripture? Do you have a favorite verse that 
that compels you in your walk with Christ? I do. Uh, it's the theme verse of, of our congregation, and it's a well-known one. But uh, I actually wrote an entire book about a, a, a take I have on John chapter 10, verse 10, mm. um, where Jesus, of course, promises us life in all of its fullness or abundant life. I particularly like the message paraphrase or translation of that passage where Eugene Peterson said that Jesus promised us real and eternal life, more and better life than we ever dreamed of. And I quote that over our congregation every Sunday in my benediction that we would, we would, we would hear and receive the words of Jesus who promised us life in all of its fullness, more and better life than we ever dreamed of. May we each live the life God dreamed for us. Amen. That's the passage that motivates me. Oh, so good. Well, on that note, Pastor Terry, would you pray for my listeners before we go? Absolutely. I'd love to. Carol, I'm so honored that you had me today on your program. Thank you. Thank you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord be gracious to you and make his face shine upon you and give you peace. May everything in your life work the way God intended it to work, that you may have full, harmonious, joyful life and live under God's blessing in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you've been encouraged by today's episode, would you reach out and let us know? You can connect with us at carolmccloudministries.com or on any of our social media channels. As always, don't forget to download our mobile app to get all of our resources that we offer to the men and women of our generation. You can connect with my guest today, Pastor Terry Smith, online at terryasmith.com. And you can purchase his new book, The Lord Bless You, a 28-day journey to experience God's extravagant blessings wherever great books are sold. I do hope you'll buy a copy of Pastor Terry's book, one for you and one for a friend. My friend, I want to remind you, you are significant. You are significant because you've been made in the image likeness of the one who loves you and the one who created you for such a time as this.